0: China. China. Yo, Yo, this is Justin, Justin B. Bieber. Hey, hey
1: it's Ariana Grande. Just the interviews. A Zach Sang Show exclusive
2: podcast. Hello, beautiful human. <laughs> we got Dan here. Hey. We have uh, Louis Tomlinson hanging out hey. in the studio. Hello, hello. Real talk. Um, does it still piss you off when people call you Louis? Because that is
0: not your name. No, because people back home... Basically, right, I, I mean, my name is Louis, but I didn't love it when I was younger. Like, once I was old enough, I don't know why, I just didn't really love it. So I got known as Louis. All my friends from home call me Louis. Wh- and then I get there. It's close enough, sorry. Uh, and then I get there on my, uh, on my first day at The X Factor with Simon and, you know what I mean, all the judges. And he called me Louis. And, like, you know what I mean, it's 3,000 people there. I'm absolutely bricking myself. I'm not about to say, excuse me, mate, you got my name wrong there. <laughs> Even though it is my actual name, you know. Uh, so then it stuck. So then it stuck. So I've, I, I'm kind of both. Kind of both. There's a little story about my name. Well, why were you... <laughs>
2: <laughs> referring to my dog, Lou. Why were you not a Louis fan growing up? Did you feel like Louis was more serious? Did he give you a different my, What I used to
0: say as a kid is, I, I don't know why, but like the, I came up with this complex, so I was like, Louis just sounds like a butler. That's what I used <laughs> to say. That sounds like someone's butler. That's the, I just, <laughs> don't know. It's, it's complex that as a kid. And then... Yeah, like I say, Simon called me, and again, I'm not about to tell him. You got it wrong, mate.
2: Once Simon says whatever he said, he could have called you Cat.
0: At that stage, at that stage, you know what I mean? I'm just nodding my head and, like, looking around at these, how many people. I mean, I'd never done out like that before, you know what I mean?
2: Your life really is kind of crazy. Your ride is amazing, your story is something else, and this music... It feels honest. It feels really true. And again, I've only had a very small glimpse into what Walls is going to be. Mm. But clearly very different for you.
0: Yeah, well, I appreciate you saying that. Uh, that's definitely my intention. Lyrically, always trying to be as honest as possible. Do you know what I mean? Um, and yeah, you know, I think, um, I think the first... I've said before, you know, the first few, few singles that I made on my own, I was kind of being led by radio and th- doing what kind of what everyone else wanted really. And I think I just took a moment and started making music that I was really, really proud of. And uh yeah, it's been it's been a great experience. I'm really happy with where we we're where we finished up.
2: You've talked before about your process of finding out who you are as an artist. Today as you sit here, what have you found out? Who are you?
0: I think I always knew <clears throat> I think um I just had to be confident and brave really and like and like trust my gut a bit more Um, because, you know, the kind of influences that I have now haven't changed from, you know, what they were growing up. And I think, you know, One Direction was something completely different and obviously less individual because there's a group, you know. So then being out on my own, I realized that actually, you know, this is completely me on my own. So I think I became a bit more of a perfectionist, really, and started pointing out little things that I think I could have ironed out and made more me. Because do you become a perfectionist because everything... Is on you. You are a hundred percent of the focus. Yeah, and also I think in One Direction, you know, even like from a writing perspective, you're writing with four or five people in mind, so naturally the concepts are slightly more vague. You know, they've got to be like relatable to all the boys. Whereas, you know, when you're writing for yourself, it, it, you know, it's only you really who's who's writing it. So it becomes naturally more personal. It's your story.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's not the collection of five different personalities, five different shades of colors. It's you. Yeah, exactly. Just you. Mm-hmm. What do you learn from One Direction that you still take with you and use daily?
0: I mean, most
2: things. Um, it must be a ton, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know, trying to be a bit more professional. Like, you know what I mean? I didn't know anything like that. Um, <laughs> like what? Like d- basic decorum and yeah, manners? Yeah, you know what I mean? And also, like, at first, like, you know, I-, I had no experience like that. So just being part of, like, meetings with suits in there, you <laughs> know what I mean? All that kind of vibe. Yeah, it took a second getting used to But I think um, from a business sense, I feel like I learned a lot in the band. How about creatively? Because well, that's where that's where I. I mean, you, you were know, tested. That's um, yeah. That's where I started me writing off for the band. I wrote a lot of songs for the band, and I still feel like I'm getting better as a writer. You know, every song I write, but um, the experience that I got and the confidence I got to to write and the people that I wrote with and you know the confidence they gave me, yeah, that's vital experience for me as a, as a writer, definitely.
2: So that's confidence to accept your inner
0: voice or to accept the ideas you have instead of being ashamed? No, I think, you know what I mean, in that situation, naturally, if you've never been in it before, you know what I mean, it takes some, it takes a bit of courage to speak up with your ideas and things that you can hear in your head and you're open other people think they're good. Um, so I think you build up confidence there, but also it's experience. It's from being around really good people and good writers and, you know, kind of just watching people and how they work and the clever little tricks that they use and how their minds work, you know it goes a long way definitely definitely because there's some i mean there's some you know everyone's incredible to work with most people <coughs> um <laughs> Who is but it? you know there's some people that you there's some songwriters that are literally they're just like made of magic like this the stuff they come out with and the way they come up with these melodies or lyrics or whatever it is it really is like magic and-
2: There's, like, from where I'm sitting, we've talked to a lot of writers, a lot of artists. There's so many different types of writers. Mm. There's some that, like, just start spitting magic. There's Mm. some that sit with you and hear your life story and take notes and kind of turn that into something. What kind of writer are you, and who do you like having in the studio with you when it's time to create?
0: Well, um, because I still feel, although I've been writing for a while now, I still feel relatively new to it. So I, like, in an ideal scenario, it's me and two other people that I've worked with before um my strength is lyrics, so i like to have someone in the room that's you know that's good at melody and again i've got experience that working with because you know instinctive melody is it's taste also you know what i mean so i gotta have that kind of experience working with people like that um and i normally go into the room and i kind of talk about some kind of memory or some concept that i'd had in my mind And we'll just talk that through and be like, okay, that's a cool thing to talk about. And then we'll work on the melody and then we'll get into lyrics. Do you figure out the
2: record and the lyrics and obviously the melody and then build the production and the
0: type of route you're looking to take with the record afterwards because again it it changes on different right uh, you know you're working with but normally you have a basic idea um but the track itself you know they won't normally if we're writing they won't spend too much time at the start you know just be bare bones really like kill my mind Mm. great record Mm. yeah we had an idea of how that was gonna sound that was that was um you know, that, that song was written as a bit of a statement of intent musically, really. So I wanted it to feel, you know, uh, energetic. That's what I wanted to get to. Does that kind of set the tone for the album that's coming? Uh, I think I think it's definitely one of the best moments on album. It's, it's marked one of my favorite songs. Um, and again, you know, it was written in mind of something that's going to be... It's going to translate easy to the live show and and again i've done it before live and it's 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 a great song to perform live um i think there's a couple of moments like that um i think you know that sound for me in general i think it's a progression so like i wouldn't want to put you know loads of songs completely you know like that on the album because i think it's a progression you know i know where i've come from i know what my fans like listening to So I'm always trying to blur the world of my what I love and my taste and what they want. You know what I mean, as fans. And it is a balance. Absolutely, it's got to be. Yeah, yeah. Because at the end of the day, you know what I mean. They're the people. They're the reason I do what I do. You know what I mean. It is pretty amazing to see the constant response that is really unwavering. The support and just the blanket of security. Mm. Honestly, I uh, yeah, I often say, you know what I mean. I bet most people, most artists, sit in this sofa and they say they've got amazing fans, but. Honestly, I think I got some extra special people. They are, like, super dedicated and and super loyal, you know what I mean? And do crazy things, like, send radio uh, stations, like, little, like, starter packs, you know what I mean? Someone told me today they got, like, a box of M&Ms with me faces on it. I got got one of those, too. Right, right, okay. She actually just spilled it all over my office the other day.
2: (laughs) 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 It is pretty amazing, but... uh, I have a theory as to why you have a very tight fan relationship, and we'll get to that in a second. But I want to go back to Kill My Mind. I don't want to be that guy who goes, put this record in a box, tell me the genre that you were inspired by. But is it pop-punk?
0: Is it rock? Is it Um, punk rock? Is it Britpop? I mean, Britpop would be maybe the intention, Um, but naturally I mean... My first, one of the reasons why I, I, I wanted to become a performer was I got the, I can't remember who bought it for me, but I got the bullet in the Bible, Green Day Live DVD, and it just blew my mind. I absolutely loved it. But naturally, where I grew up in the north of England, so Oasis. Britpop's absolutely massive, uh, you know, Oasis, the epitome of that sound. Um, so I suppose there's influence from either side, really. Is rock dead? Nah. Nah, not as long as Liam Gallagher's around. <laughs>
2: Yo, beautiful human. If you're considering going back to school, you really should ask yourself the following questions. Do you need the flexibility to take classes on your schedule? Do you have college credits that you need transferred? Do you want to earn a quality degree from a world-renowned university? If you answered yes to any of those questions, Arizona State University really is the perfect school for you. ASU offers over 200 Highly ranked degree programs, 100% online. You're going to earn the same degree that you would on campus from wherever you are on your schedule. Plus, ASU Online accepts most transfer credits. If this is of any interest to you, seriously, text Zach, Z-A-C-H, to 35517. You'll get more information. Learn for yourself why the Wall Street Journal ranks ASU fifth in the nation for producing the best qualified graduates and why 87% of ASU grads are recruited within 90 days of graduation. Learn to grow, learn to succeed, and learn to thrive at Arizona State University. Learn more right now about ASU online degree programs. Just text Zach to 35517. That is Z-A-C-H to 35517. Zach Sancho. Do you feel a sense of responsibility to keep that genre going? Because I feel like there's nobody here in the United States representing that sound on behalf of the United Kingdom.
0: I don't really think of it like that, you know what I mean? I'm just kind of following my art doing what I love. I mean, in terms of responsibility and that, I don't really think that deep with it to be honest. You know what I mean? I'm just doing what I love. People are taking to it nicely, so I can't complain.
2: What do live instruments mean to your creative process? Do you need Massive,
0: li- massive, yeah, it's really important to me, you know what I mean? It's um that's why I think for a second it took me a while to figure out my sound because you know, when I grew up with pop radio, the kind of artists that were on pop radio in England were like, you know, Arctic Monkeys, Oasis, Amy Winehouse, the cooler side of that. And that was always the kind of, like, side of pop that I wanted to represent, you know what I mean? The cooler side, in my opinion. Um, And then, you know, naturally, as time's gone on, especially pop radio, it's more urban-leaning, and I just can't really identify any of those sounds, so I found myself, as I say, just going back to my roots a little bit.
2: But that's what's
0: important, because...
2: What you just said, Arctic Monkeys, Amy Winehouse, Mm. that is a sound that is on, that that is a lane today that I feel like is totally empty. Mm. And to your point of like, pop radio right now is more rhythm leaning. Yeah, but the truth is, pop radio at the end of the day needs to be made up of a collection of different songs from all the different genres and we have a mm-hmm. responsibility to program radio stations that sound like everything mm-hmm. as opposed to just one thing. Right. And then there's some moments where you actually don't have the types of records that you need to diversify a playlist.
0: Yeah, yeah. You mean because the lines are blurred. Yeah, and right. and, and
2: it's just like everything exactly. that's coming out is rhythmic because mm-hmm. when everybody goes right, everybody's going fucking right.
0: Well, that's the thing and that and that irritates me, you know? What I mean, so I do have, you know, that's um the luxury I have as as, as an artist really and, and, and that's what's been liberating for me to be able to, because at times it has felt like swimming against the tide a little bit, you know what I mean, I have I know disrespect to, I've said the same name so I can't say it again but you know, I could have made a record like someone, you know what I mean, like the kind of people that are on radio and it would have been easier for me but it wouldn't have sat like right with me, you know, so sometimes I felt like I've been swimming against the tide but I think it'll be worth it. it? Yeah, but
2: that's it. Mm. By the way, it's going to be worth it to the public, but most importantly, worth it to exactly, you. Exactly,
0: exactly. Because I put in a lot of... I you know I work hard, do a lot of hours with it, so I've got to love it. And that's what I realized, you know. There's no disrespect to the other two songs that I did because they were a great time in my life and I needed that experience. But, you know, it's been so liberating doing songs that like Kill My Mind, honestly. What is it that makes it liberating? Is it because you've had this sound pent up inside of you? It's just that I think it's just true payoff for any artist when you feel completely comfortable, and also when you release a music that you genuinely, you know, would definitely listen to yourself in the car or whatever. Um, and again, you know, there's been times where I've chased radio, and would I have listened to that song in my own time? Maybe not. But kill my mind. But kill my mind definitely, all day, every day. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Are you like a pop punk guy? Did you ever, like... There was, um, there was there was a big indie uh like pop like indie bar where i'm from in doncaster unbelievable place 10 pound all you could drink uh, it, it was only legal for like two years they realized it was a bad idea you know what i mean um one of those places where one in three drinks just didn't taste like what you ordered you know what i mean um so naturally we went there every friday so that that definitely had a massive uh massive impact on me and also I've been to some good festivals, and that also, you know, that's... I mean, they're amazing, aren't they, festivals? I went to Glastonbury recently, this last one gone, and that was proper... I went from the Wednesday. I did it proper. I went from the Wednesday all the way through to Sunday. Oh, Jesus. I was absolutely knackered by the end of it. <laughs> yeah, it was good.
2: Well, because it's just a great collection of different types of music coming mm. together. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. All of these different genres. And I think in those moments, when you see festivals, you really get an idea for the fact that like music is a universal language. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and, definitely. And even with the production or the instrumental style that you end up going with, like the lyrics, no matter what, they do tell a story. Mm-hmm. And i got to pride you on that. No matter Thank what you. the record is that you put out, or what the
0: overall sound was, mm. the lyrical integrity was always there. And it's all- my biggest thing. It's the thing that's most important to me. You know what I mean? I think that's that's my job really as an artist. You know what I mean? You've got to write good lyrics. You've got to make people feel. How do you do that? Like, I, I think honesty. I think I think you know sometimes, you know, being really honest in a song is it can be difficult, especially when you're going through it's a bit like speed dating at times when you're going through all these different sessions and you might have only worked with that person you might never worked with him before and you've got to tell your life story and sometimes that is a little bit, you know, difficult but I think it's always good to be honest because I think, you know, that translates to people Two of Us
2: is, yeah. in my opinion one of the most honest records I've ever heard Thank you. it is beautiful and as honest and as true it is to you it is a record that could mean anything to anybody do you get what I'm saying? Different meaning for each individual.
0: Yeah, and that that song, um, I've never had an experience like that as a songwriter, and it made it makes me uh, it makes it makes me really proud of what I do. Honestly, I, I've met some amazing fans. I did a meet and greet. I did a show in uh, Madrid, and I did a meet and greet there. And this girl pulled me aside. She told me that uh, she'd lost her dad, unfortunately. And how much that song had meant to her and you know we wrote great songs great pop songs in one direction but in terms of that like, emotional weight like that was something new to me you know what i mean and just to take it away from that we created that and, and you know obviously i've seen things of um similar things people you know tweeted me and stuff like that um and that honestly it's amazing that it it, it proper makes me feel good that what? and that's why i'm sorry that's why music's sick because you can turn Something that, you know what I mean, is a little bit dark. The darkest and then, moment. And then, you know what I mean, it helps people, man. It, that That's why it's sick.
2: But your dark moment provides light for others. Mm. But the creation of this record, does it provide
0: any light to you? I think it did at the time. It's quite, I mean, it's, it's a while ago now since I wrote it. Um, I think it did at the time. Um, I think it, it also helped my creative process after that. Because I've said before in interviews every song that i wrote around that time lacked significance really because i had this weight over me that as a writer this is something that i think i'm brave enough to tackle and that i should probably do you know what i mean um and i, I just couldn't really get on with the rest of my writing until i got this song off my chest really so yeah i get it because was weighing on you yeah a little bit you know what i mean and i just thought you know how can i write anything else i just got to get this done really
2: what was it? What Was there a defining moment that forced you to get the
0: record out? Yeah, it was um, I the, I think when I was first played the song, it was, uh, it was a verse and chorus. Um, and it kind of forced my hand because um, I'm, I, you know, I'm always dead strong on being in the room from the start and at the birth of the song. So I got this song in my emails and I remember listening to it. And the first time I listened to it, I didn't really listen to it. And then i listened to it again and i was like wow like this is just perfect perfect in the way that they'd set up the song and then i went in with these two guys and and finished the song off and you know made it mine and uh yeah so i'm really you know one of my proudest achievements that song really
2: i could feel your blood run through me you're written in my dna looking back in every mirror i know you'll be waiting i'll see you again i mean it's vivid it's beautiful Mm. Any nerves going into that room
0: to write this record? um I think naturally it's more nerves of the responsibility of writing a song like this, to be honest. not I mean you know naturally, I suppose I was nervous about the topic, but it was more about the responsibility of writing a song of like this importance, and I mean that in my own sense that you know my how much it meant to me, I knew it had to be right, so naturally, I think there was nerves in the room. But as I remember the day going and we, when we finished the song off, it was actually more clinical and professional than you'd imagine, really, of the weight of the song. It was only when I performed it for the first they time. It. and It was also like the setup was pretty heavy. There was like only maybe like 100 fans in like a small room. And honestly, like, I could feel it from people, you know what I mean? The weight in the room and like that was hard. That was hard.
2: It's a different emotion that you're bringing out of people, an emotion that you've never mm. evoked yeah, exactly.
0: Because also, I don't like to feel sorry for myself. You know what I mean? I don't like that. I don't like that. So it was a it was a slightly it was a weird kind of performance for me, really, in general. Because I like you know the reason I do music is to make people feel good. Um, so it was it was a strange dynamic, but, 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 but an important one. But by the way,
2: like. Sometimes with records like this you're still accomplishing that goal of making That's somebody true. feel good because you're making somebody feel heard.
0: That's true. Or you're making mm. them
2: escape to I mean when I think of this I think of fond memories that I have with somebody I give I, I care deeply about. Mm. Mm. Yeah, nice. Nice. So you still make somebody feel
0: good. Yeah, true, true. It's a beautiful song. Thank you very much. What is uh what does a
2: wall represent to you? And I know people like ask you like what's the meaning of it, but like that like when you see a wall is that a divide is it you put four walls together and it's comfort because you're you
0: know you you know exactly the room you're in i'm quite british right and matter of fact and i see a wall as a wall you know what i mean <laughs> 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 i'd love to like go here so, so like no, no divide no nothing um, something to overcome um, to tackle i just not that deep to be honest like also people have asked me like what does walls mean to me um, the song it is a song on the album. It's probably one of my favourite songs. I thought it was a quite thought provoking title, which turns out it is. Um, but yeah, I just uh, that that's it really. That's it really. Are you telling a story top to bottom with this album? I've tried to. I've tried to. I, I, when I when I started making the album, I said. That I'd like to make it feel like a story, top to bottom and chronological. Uh, and as time went on, that got a little bit more difficult because I wrote so many songs for this album. Yeah, like two and a half years ago was the first record. Yeah, and I, and too many. I mean, I wrote too many songs for this album. Definitely. A hundred. Yeah, literally, literally, uh, so many working with so many different people. But anyway, as time has gone on, I've made it as chronological as possible. So it does. I think still listening top to bottom, you'll get a feel of some kind of narrative.
2: How hard was it to narrow down 100-plus records to whatever is left, 12, 16, 18 if it's at target?
0: It was was hard. (laughs) It was hard to get the... um, The last few numbers were hard, like trimming down from like 15 to 12 or whatever it was. But actually, what's funny is once I'd written Kill My Mind and I also wrote the title track for the album Walls around the same time, that was the momentum that I've been waiting for, and it was, you know, we've also stuff going in my personal life, a little bit stop-start, my writing process, um, and I really felt like I was getting some momentum then. I met Jamie Hartman, who I did a lot of the writing with, and that's that's I mean that last kind of four or five months of the album, we got some real momentum, and probably did maybe half of the album in that time.
2: What is it about the last two records, Walls and and uh, not We Made It, but Kill My Mind? What was
0: it about those two records that kind of sparked this? Was it the sound? It was the sound. And also, every time I work with someone new, I go in and I like, essentially pitch myself and I say, right, this is who I am. This is the kind of song I want to make. But, you know, I can see the picture in my head and I can try my artist to explain exactly what I'm seeing. But not everyone completely understands it always. And I think with Jamie Hartman, who I was working with, that speech at the start was very short he understood who i wanted to be um and yeah it just became just a little bit more self-explanatory we weren't trying to because often i was in sessions and I, f- I could feel people pulling me to a more urban or like you know r&b like melody or production oh. whereas i just didn't really get that with jamie he just trusted me trusted my instincts because by the way like they're doing that because that's easy mm, yeah 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 absolutely absolutely it's boring, man, when everything sounds the same. And I, and that's the thing, you know, I didn't really... I didn't want to be a part of something that I didn't really like myself necessarily, you know what I mean, in terms of making something that sounds
1: generic to a degree. When I heard We Made It, I was like, that sounds like Louis.
0: Thank you very much. Do Thank you agree, you.
1: like, when, when you... Like, that song is what you want to be going forward?
0: Um. Yeah, definitely. I think. Um. I think that acts as... If Kill My Mind is a statement, or like intent, um, We Made It is a nice transition, I think, for the fans. Um, it's a song that I wrote two and a half years ago. So I kind of had it, you know, I have I've, I love the song, but I've had it for a while now. So um, I think it's a good advert for the album. Um, but in terms of where I want to end up, it's probably closer to Kill My Mind.
1: Mm. Now I have some cool. questions about the lyrics of We Made It.
0: Mm. <laughs> of course you do.
1: Well, you say underestimated and always underrated. Mm. Do you feel like, because you've you've been open about like the whole One Direction thing and you felt like, you know, the guy in the back. Mm. Do you feel like you've always been underrated and do you still feel like that? No, uh, to be honest, that was only really, and
0: this is me reflecting on that, you know what I mean, when I'm writing this in the lyric. But that was only really before I'd started writing, to be honest, before I'd started songwriting. Because I could, yeah, like I said before, you know, I was struggling to find my place in the band and I wasn't singing that much. So I kind of, I'd always grown up thinking, you know, cool, one of the coolest things to do is is getting on the writing and that. So um, I made it a mission, really. I thought, well, that's gonna, I'm I'm gonna make that my thing, really. Um, and after that moment, especially after that first album of um, Midnight Memories, it was, and I think I'd written maybe ten out of fourteen tracks on the album, <laughs> and that was like. You know, that made me feel really, really good, really good. And kind of from that moment, I didn't really look back because I had an identity identity then, you know what I mean?
2: And you proved yourself on that album, or you felt like you did?
0: I think I did, yeah. I mean, 10 out of 14 records, yeah. I think I did, I think I did. You know, that's, that, that, my mission was to, you know, because there wasn't actually, at the start, a lot of interest from everyone to want to get in the writing. I was like, right, I'm going to make this my thing. I'm going to come out of band and have written the most songs and that i did you were prepared to be a writer
2: post one direction
0: Mm, mm, yeah definitely that's what i thought i was gonna do yeah what like i think a lot of people must go through this like like other artists in different situations um some of the songs i was writing i was liking at the time i was obviously like demoing him with my vocal and i was like I might as well, you know what I mean. I might as well give it a go. But are you going to give those other songs up? Like you have hundred records right now that you. There's probably- some. On, there's some that um, again that that didn't work for my record, but for someone else, I think could be really cool. Yeah, I sent Liam a song about two weeks ago. Liam Payne front band, but never heard back from oh. him. In the little what? <laughs> Hold on, Liam. Who? Sorry, Liam Payne. Liam uh, Payne oh, from the band. Oh, yeah. oh yeah.
2: from the band One Direction. Yeah, yeah. Oh god, I yeah. forgot about them. No, I'm
0: kidding. Yeah, don't be a
2: <laughs> <laughs> No, but like, by the way, he should answer you, right? Mm. What's he doing?
0: What was? He'll what? get back to me. Don't worry. I'll just send it again and again and
1: again. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna be like every other writer that feels like this song is yeah, perfect for yeah, somebody. Exactly. exactly. Does that mean you're still writing like R and B and pop? Because that's kind of the direction he went in.
0: That was a bit that that song I probably wrote about eighteen months ago that I sent him recently. So um, yeah, that's something I wrote a while ago. To be honest, went like as I say, when sessions felt a little bit more like that. What was? It's a bit more like I almost like a post Malone record.
2: What was it about the record that made it right for him? Why was it?
0: I just think it, I just think Liam fits on radio well. The kind of songs that he's doing, especially in the UK, are getting pounded on radio. Just felt like one of those songs that I always thought, yeah, I just I could always hear it on radio. So.
2: What is the biggest difference between the UK music scene and here in the states?
0: Um, I mean, there's a lot. I don't. Know. I mean, that uh, I'm trying to think, but also not be offensive um, <laughs> to me or to. Uh, <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> not nah, joking.
0: Um, offend me, please. No, I tell you what, honestly, and this is this is definitely a massive positive, and it really suits me. There's less judgment. There's less. There's less. And when I say judgment we've got, and I, myself, I'm like this, we've got a tall gauge or or a, a small gap of what we consider as cool, you know what I mean? Um, so, especially, like, music snobbery and that, I think, yeah, I think it's definitely more prevalent, that kind of thing, in England. Um, so, yeah, less judgment over it, less judgment over it in general.
2: Which, less judgment, but we're more attached to one sound. I think... He- Maybe I'm wrong, but like UK radio is very accepting, or at least BBC Radio One sounds like a eclectic
0: mix of great music. Yeah, yeah, definitely it is. uh, It it, I suppose yeah, it's more diverse than your average um, American pop radio station. Um, But also, you know, there's. The good thing is, there's like however many stations for you to choose from. All yeah. these different stations, whatever genre. It's mad. Yeah, over there, what do you got? You got, a uh, We've got like, we've got, like Greg, literally
2: like Greg five James good stations. And Roman Kemp.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Hart. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, and Radio X is good. Radio X is good. Mm. Uh, oh, God. Uh, Chris Moyles. Chris Moyles, yeah, yeah. Used to on radio 1, yeah. God. It's on your research. Dude,
2: <laughs> I'm a big radio guy.
0: Um, you don't say. Yeah. <laughs>
2: You you've talked before about One Direction, by the way, a, a group that changed my life in many different ways, changed my perception of music, changed the way I looked at fandoms and what it meant to be a fan and what that That's culture cool. was. You know, you were talking about we were talking about the connection that you have with your fans and the relationship and the deep. I mean, it's deep, man. Mm. They care. Yeah, but I think it's here from somebody just being on the outside looking in. Mm. I believe it is as deep as it is because there has never been a boy band like you guys. There was never a band that was just so real and so raw and just themselves and there was no choreography or synchronicity. It was just good vocals and songs that were relatable Mm. with a group of guys that literally felt like they could sit with you in the school cafeteria. It was so different.
0: That was the intention from the off, man, and and you know I was always uh, a big spokesperson in that. You know, again from the influences and what I grew up listening to, I couldn't be a part of all wear the same outfit. You yeah. know what I mean? And da- and because and dancing because I mean- also you know it was the it was as we came around. Twitter was getting massive as well at that same time, which definitely helped us nicely. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, also it also meant that you could bullshit less. Do you know what I mean? People see the truth now you know what i mean or more um so i think it was always you also see people unfortunately that you know have lived this other life as another individual publicly and eventually that catches up with catches up with you know it's difficult and that was the beauty of being in a band like one direction is we could always just be ourselves i mean you know within reason because there's a young fan base but completely be ourselves and, uh, and, th- and that way, you know, if we made mistakes, it-, it was natural. We weren't trying to, you know, put ourselves out there as this, like, you know, I don't know, like, you know. Th- th- this, uh, I don't know, pure example of perfection. Ex- this- there you go, there you go. I mean, I used to see... To one- the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> it makes it easier. Mm, definitely, definitely. And I think I think it's important. It, that message is important. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, but you had a lot of young fans, and there's a responsibility that comes with that, Um And you want them to see how it is. You want them to see that you're real. You know what I mean? We always wanted to come across, especially when we're younger, like super relatable, like the naughty lads in the back of your class. Do you know what I mean? But
2: that's also what you were. Mm. And maybe I'm wrong. Mm.
0: Yeah. No. Absolutely. Definitely. (laughs) We. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, especially in early on, the media thought we were proper little darlings. But there were times where we were proper little (laughs) dickheads. It's nice. Yeah. The ability to be a and essentially get away with it. You know, what, if you do it with a smile and you are polite, you can get away with it.
1: I've learned that in sm- me years.
0: That's what I learned since One Direction. Yeah. That's the biggest thing yeah, you yeah, with you. Yeah, smile while being a. D-
1: <laughs> <laughs> you you said you weren't ready for the band to end, but looking back, are you happy how it all played out? Um, tough question,
0: really. You know what I mean? I, I, it's hard to. It's hard to say. I mean, I'm happy that I got a chance, you know, to really showcase myself and have moments like kill my mind and you know make the album like i've made um that definitely feels amazing um but at the time no i wasn't i wasn't ready for it but it was a shock you know that's 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 kind of why i didn't really see it coming so i hadn't prepared for anything else but here we are now and yes yeah, it's all right this. yeah when did
1: you start thinking about your solo career
0: it was um i got i, I got that song with with steve Ioki. just hold on and um we got a big launch, we got the X Factor slot, and it was just that moment of, like, fight or flight, you know what I mean? I just thought, all right, let's do it. And then, again, it's been a few moments in my career that I, I didn't give it too much thought. It was kind of a yes or no, and I'm like, okay, yes. And before before I know it, I'm sat here, you know what I mean? It's it's crazy.
2: Do you remember the moment where it fully hit you, that One Direction was done?
0: Um, Yeah, I think that last tour show. Last tour show, we did a show in uh, Sheffield, which is like twenty minutes away from where I live, so a special show for me anyway. Um, and uh, I've got this amazing footage on one of my phones. I'm praying I ain't lost it um, of this like time lapse, and I just did it of the dressing room on that uh, on that whole like day, last day of the tour in my dressing room. And yeah, there was a moment where me and now just sat on the sofa and kind of took it all in. Do you know what I mean? I had a moment to ourselves and. Yeah, it was a pretty heavy day, to be fair. Pretty heavy. It has to have been. Mm, mm. Because it's, it's all I knew, you know what I mean? Like, I couldn't hold the job down when I was younger. So, like, this was my first big job, proper <laughs> job. And then I'm like, all right, wow, that was good, that. What next? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because eventually that starts creeping in. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But, um yeah, I spent a bit of time kind of, you know, with family and stuff like that, Um and you know, enjoying a bit, a few holidays here and there, and a bit of free time, and then yeah, before I knew it, I was I had been writing songs, and I had that Steve song, Steve Ioki song, and I just yeah did the X Factor, and then I was on with it. You,
2: you're not considering yourself a solo artist until you start performing these records, correct? Or did not I until, did I yeah, hear you I wrong mean, in that interview?
0: I mean, I am. You know what I mean? I know I am, but in my own head, until I get up. Cause that's why i write the songs do you know what i mean and you can get of course you can gauge your reaction through social media and stuff like that but you can't see it and you can't feel it you know what i mean so when i'm at that first tour show and you know amongst every show seeing what lyrics mean things to people and hear people sing the words back that's the reason why i've grafted my ass off for the last three years for that very moment so in my head that's when i've started
2: that's the moment mm. What is a good song to your ears today compared to, I don't know, three or four years ago? What song do I like today? No, like, is, is, how oh. you how you define a good song? Has that changed today compared to a few years ago?
0: Um, I always try and be a little bit, I always try and be a bit more open-minded about stuff, but it's hard, because I, 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 yeah, um... I don't think it's changed too much, really. I don't. I think. I think what I want from a good song is a strong lyric that means something. That you know, that carries some kind of weight, not just you know, hot air. Um, and you know, personally, you know, it, obviously, it's a game of preference. I I like things that are organic, and you know, so I can hear the guitars and feel the the music and the presence. So I think that to me is a good song. I don't think that's changed, to be fair.
2: I have this weird feeling we're going to get this like rock type album from you.
0: It's coming. I, dude, I yeah. f- with it so hard. <laughs> Thank you. It's really great. Thank I feel you. like
2: it's been, it's just a sound that is so not being catered to and stories need to be
0: told. With and it's important, definitely. Guitar music's important, definitely. I know, I've always, you know, that's where sometimes music snobberies confuse me in England is this crossover genre, you know what I mean? Between pop and, you know, rock or indie, whatever you want to call it so it's so important it's so important because you're blending the two worlds and you're only going to make the other world more popular you know what i mean thank you
2: but by the way like what is pop music outside of strong hooks exactly exactly the sound that Mm. is all around pop Mm. music should change for diversity for the
0: ear Mm. Mm. pop
2: to me is popular records that you can sing back at your radio
0: absolutely yeah big choruses that you can sing along to yeah bangers yes.
2: Yeah, but those yeah. bangers deserve mm. different sounds. Mm-hmm. They can't all sound the same. Exactly. I'm so excited. Walls coming out in 2020. What, I, do we have, a, like, a firm date? January?
0: Uh, yeah, uh, 31st. 31st? I have to remember it because I've been shit with it this week. 31st mm-hmm. of January. Mm.
2: Very exciting. How many times have you listened to it so far?
0: Um, well, I've, individual tracks, loads, like, you know what I mean? There's been, like, 10 yeah, different years. mixes of each track. Um... <laughs> It's but hard. but recently recently I it'd um, be like three four days ago I just sat and listened to it top to bottom it gave me a really good feeling man I'm 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 proud of it I'm proud of it so did you have any notes? No 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 I mean don't, listen I've had loads of notes <laughs> along the way this was one of those final listen downs was there any little thing that stood out to me and now I'm happy with it I'm happy with it how do you measure success today? Um. I think me doing what I do what doing what I love and, you know, being able to go on the road and do things like that, I think I'm halfway there, like, definitely. Cause you know, now I'm I'm comfortable, I'm happy doing music I'm doing I'm gonna be able to get out and see the fans. That's all I hoped for, really. So has that measurement changed at all? Like the gauge or has it always been Since the band, it has definitely. I think I think, you know, from being in a band like One Direction you yeah, just for the experience you know you what what you're expecting out of everything is is the pinnacle you know what i mean and we're obviously chasing you know the biggest tours the biggest singles and stuff like that um whereas you know i've, I've done that i've done some amazing things in the band i played some amazing venues you know i got some amazing awards along the way so i was just sat in my room one day and i was just thinking what more do i want i might as well just do what i love so it got a lot easier after that it's special. Mm, definitely. And it means more to me now, you know what I mean?
1: Do you ever get tired of talking about One Direction?
0: Never, honestly. And oh, I'm not, like... not fucking bullshitting. Never, ever, ever. <laughs> um, no, no. Because it's just like, like, it bugs me when you see people from other bands, do you know what I mean? And, in, you know, whatever situation, they want to talk sh- about the past. Look, I, you know, I, I grew up in a, a small town in Donny, in Doncaster, from where I'm from. And that band, you know what I mean, put me in L.A. today. So, no, nah, they're, they're the best. Like, Jesus. And also, now I'm out of it a bit, I can just, like, big them up even more, which is kind of good. By the way, changed your life. And <laughs> be A gave... bit more arrogant about it, you know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> yeah, because you, you've come out of it. Now we're on a break, you know what I mean? Exactly, I can say, yeah, we were good, weren't we?
1: I know the fans <laughs> are going to love that you said break still.
0: Yeah, it is a break as far as I'm concerned. Yeah,
1: yeah. Does it
2: hurt you when you see other members of your band not wanting to accept the reality that is the success in One Direction? Uh, elaborate,
0: what do you mean, how so?
2: Meaning sometimes people don't want to talk about it, you
0: know? They really I, don't. I get it. Listen, I get I get it to a certain degree. Um, and obviously everyone's different, you know what I mean? Um, but, I mean, yeah, yeah, sometimes it might bug me. But also, you know... If, if Liam said something funny in an interview, if Now said something funny in an interview, you know what I mean? We all know each other well enough at this stage to
1: ne- not take it to art or out like that.
0: Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, definitely, I totally get it. Definitely.
1: Why why did you and Liam have such a strong connection?
0: Well, as he, as he said, he said it a few times recently, we didn't see eye to eye at first, um, which was funny. <laughs> um, but um, I always like to laugh about with Liam. I could always have a laugh with him. Um... And Liam don't take himself too seriously, do you know what I mean? I could always have a proper laugh with him. Um, He's just a good lad, he's just a good guy. Easy to hang around with. They all are, though, to be honest, all lads.
1: Most of them. (laughs) Most of them. You talk
2: about performing, right? And that, to you, is going to be a a, a big moment of validation. Mm. There's some people who don't perform, you know, but they still craft records. Right. Do you see them as an artist?
0: As someone, if someone doesn't tour?
2: Yeah, somebody doesn't hit the stage. Somebody still can sit in a studio, crack a record. When I
0: say what success means, it's what it means to me individually, I think. You know, everyone Tell else it. has their own goals and, and uh, explanation of the word. And, you know, every, you know some artists are different. When I first started my career, you know, there was a couple of people asking me, do you want to make an album? And I thought, I don't even know people didn't do albums. What <laughs> else do you do? Do you know what I mean? Um, Just... So, you know, everyone's, everyone's journey is different, I suppose. They just make singles forever. Yeah, which is mad to me. Do you know what I mean? How'd you ever have a body of work then? The modern world. It's just a collection of singles (laughs) spread across months. Yeah,
1: yeah. Now, you you did make that little comment about most of them. Ah, you cheeky (laughs) Have have you been able to reconnect with (laughs) Zayn?
0: You're on it. No, I am. I am. I am. Um, I don't think, I said recently, I don't think. I don't think me or him are mature enough yet to have that conversation. No, nah, I'm not ready to have that chat yet.
1: Well, it's good that you're honest about it and you can... You've got to keep
0: it real, aren't you? You know what I mean? Um, listen, you know what I mean? That's that's what happens. You make your bed. You know what I mean? You're laying it. There you go.
2: What are you waiting for? What am I waiting for what? When? What are you waiting for to have the conversation? When are you going to be ready? When will you I'm know? hoping I'll
0: feel a bit more mature and a bit less bitter about it, if I'm being honest. Um it's just you know, it's just one of those. I think, you know, people say don't they time's a healer and all that. So we'll see, we'll see. Twenty years later, ten years later, three? I don't know. How do I know? I could just go off today. And today,
2: not today. <laughs> 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 I
0: was gonna say, is this the moment? No. Well
2: no. but by, by the way, crazy to say, but like stuff like that does happen for a reason, I guess. Do you believe that? Do you believe that things do happen for the reason for a reason?
0: Um really. I don't know. I'm trying to think. Uh, not, not really. I don't know. I think it's, again, it's a bit too far out for me. That
2: I get it because we are in control of our own actions. Yeah, a little bit. It is a share between the universe and us. There are some things out of our, our control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, we're all adults or humans, and
0: we have control. Yeah, yeah. That's deep, man. You're not mad off that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm thinking about
1: it. Yeah, yeah. It's I did. Lot. I did have one more question about. We made it. Can you kind of explain verse two? Is that is that too broad of a question?
0: Uh, let me just tr- get to it in the end. <laughs> uh.
1: Could you talk about like? Um, don't know why they put all on all this on us oh, yeah. when we were so young. We did a pretty good job, and then singing something poppy on the same four chords.
0: Yeah, kind of just an extension of like what I was saying before. Really, you know, I, I those kind of things and and people's opinion used to mean more to me. So I wanted to represent that in the song, which is funny, you know, because I didn't. I, I wrote a statement out on my Instagram about twelve months after writing that verse on that song which shows you know it was on my mind there um and in terms of don't know why but they put all of this on as when we're so young um just thought it was quite i don't know it's quite a thought-provoking lyric in general i don't i mean look they did put a lot of you know where there's a lot of stress on us but as i said i think we did a pretty good job we did it all right i think it's
1: pretty cool because that- I, I do think you
0: know naturally and, and obviously everyone's different but um you know there's often a lot said about the stress we we're under and the workload and all that but we were at that age where you know and it's all we knew when we got in the band was to work like crazy so like it's only really in hindsight when you think wow we did work like mad hours and like really hard obviously there were days where it got the better of us but honestly it's just such a blur and so many great things are happening uh, i don't think we were actually that conscious of well, really grinding, you know what I mean. You're just going, just going, just loving it, like yeah. Is there any part of
2: you that wishes you had more time during that phase of your life to sit down and at least
0: kind of decompress or take in what you were hit with? Yeah, I think I think this time round, as in on my solo career, I'm de- there's like when I did my show at Madrid, something I've never done before is actually just you know in like a musical break or something just take the moment in, look around, think about what's happening instead of just doing, like and take it in. So I think this, that's why I'm lucky that I get to go out on my own because I can kind of have those experiences again and be conscious of that. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of kind of just doing, you know what I mean? Not really contemplating how mad everything was.
2: It's pretty special that you get to have the moments
0: now. Not proper, man. I'm lucky. Dude, i got it you, twice. Yeah, you do it on your terms, <laughs> Yeah,
2: on your time, mm. and your way. Mm. Yeah, the best way, yeah. Louis Tomlinson, I'm just very excited for this album.
0: Thank you, thank you. It's been a good
2: interview, man. Deep. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I like it. Did you one day, before you go, sorry.
0: I, I'm not winding this up, by the way. Oh. I'm not saying I'm off. Well, I'm very <laughs> interested because you are a good football player. I'm all right, yeah. Did you dream of one day becoming a professional football player? I like, every kid my age, like, when I was, like, <laughs> six, seven, eight. Well, actually, I got into footy a bit later. When I was about ten, I started playing. If I'd started playing since I was four, like, you, you know what I mean? You, you would have known my name as a player, yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't be here right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but at what point does that change to music? Um... Well, Oasis were a really good band for that. You know, what I mean, they 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 were definitely one of those bands that you know brought in football fans and music, definitely, which is a massive thing.
2: By the way, like making, you you just touched on something that is so important that I think a lot of people forget about. Like they did, they brought men into music. They, mm,
0: they, absolutely, they
2: combined two cultural things and made it into
0: one. I mean, you got two. I mean, especially in England, two probably the biggest things you know in the country: football and music. There, and you and you brought two things together. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're, yeah, proper band for that, proper band for that.
2: Did somebody tell you that you weren't good enough to play football professionally, so you should go figure out something else? No, nah, I just knew, you know what
0: I mean? <laughs> I was good, I was good, but there's a lot of good players in England, you know what I mean? The standard's yeah. are really high, even at, even at, you know, Sunday League level and all that. Um, but what, what suited me was being in a band with, you know, other people who weren't that handy at football. So every time, and now I get asked about it in an interview, and they're like, you're the footballer out the group. I mean... I'm best of a bad bunch. I'm a bit better than that. <laughs> the way, but you you're know best of I mean? like six
2: people. Yeah, okay. yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, out of the six people that I traveled with for years, I'm better than yeah, them. yeah, yeah. But in general, I'd say I'm better than your average man at football. How's that? Okay, you, yeah. could, well, you sure? <laughs> Dan's pretty good.
1: I'm all right. Yeah, but you you keep mentioning Oasis. How, how do you feel about was Noel Gallagher? I don't even know how to pronounce his name. Did wow his, wow, Noel Gallagher, yeah. Gallagher, his comments disrespect. they're so old, but like did that still like affect you at all? His comments Oh he, about One Direction. Yeah, didn't he call you guys suckers?
0: Lad, when you're in a band like one direction, right, I realised this early on. Because I where I'm from, you know what I mean? If someone says something, you're saying it back to him. Um but I realised that you know being in a band like one direction and also liking the type of music I want to like, the same thing happened with catfish in the bottom, They say they chat some. About as I can't remember exactly what it was, and I remember biting back at time uh so I didn't listen to that album, and then I just, the new album came out, and like, this is fucking really good <laughs> um, so it's more at same, and also Noel and Liam are entitled they are entitled to say what they want. there is like the top one percent of music royalty. They're in there. They can say what they want.
1: Do you hope? That- but also, you know what I mean. We didn't
0: make music for
1: Noel Gallagher anyway. They ex- so. well, they Did exactly. it matter to us? No, no. <laughs> well, I mean, like, do you hope now that he listens to the new stuff and enjoys it? I don't know about that. I mean, ironically, um, he's on one
0: of the writing credits on Walls, and there's a uh, there's um, basically I had this conversation with a couple of people on management and stuff, and one of the songs I've written with Jamie Hartman, which is Walls, sounded quite similar to one of the Oasis songs, and basically. I was ready to risk it. I was like, there's no way Noel's going to hear it. And also, I could hear what they meant, but it wasn't that bad to me. Um, so, anyway, they had to get in touch with him for, for publishing, and I thought he was either going to say no or take 100% of the song. <laughs> okay. But it was really sound. It was it really? was really sound, so I was pretty buzzing with that. I wow. was Wow. Uh, yeah, I was buzzing with that. Because he really could have f***ed you. He could have completely, yeah. yeah, yeah. And <laughs> ironically, I mean, I'm always singing Liam's praises, his brother, so... Yeah, it was a, that was a lucky lucky one for me.
2: It's locked in right? Yeah, you're not, yeah, not going yeah. to anything. I'm playing
0: both sides, f- you know. <laughs> <laughs> they are music royalty. They are. They are. They got but, to be. But yeah. by the
2: way, like to have them as one side of your inspiration Green Day on the other. I'm excited for this album, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Come on, bring back a genre of music that I believe uh the next generation and my generation deserve.
0: Definitely. It's
2: coming. They're being underserved. Final thought.
1: Okay. <laughs> Do you regret releasing the B.B. Rex and Steve Aoki songs? No. Not one bit. Not one bit. Nasty question to end on, you little f- <laughs> But. <laughs> <Thank> you.
0: <laughs> well, what a lovely interview. Spoiled with that last question. Uh, I'm joking, obviously. No, uh, I'm joking, I'm joking. honest. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, I'm being honest. I'll say I'm joking, <laughs> but now nah, I'm being honest. Um, no, um, honestly, from the heart, absolutely not. Um, you know, I needed, I needed to come to that conclusion myself i needed to experience that kind of song um and also i was really nervous going into being a solo artist so what was the easiest option for me you know i've also got to be responsible for that action as well and the easiest option for me was to go with a radio trend which at the time was dance pop. um and you know i I saw one of steve's shows and it was uh, sick really really good in vegas Um, And that's kind of where the the relationship started, really. And the same with BB. And again, I got to film a music video in Doncaster, where I'm from. I'm pretty confident there'll never be. And I mean, I don't know if there's ever been a video, a music video in Doncaster before. So buzzing to be able to represent that. uh, And as I say, you know, it was an important part of my story. But thanks for proper pissing on my fire there.
1: Oh, Great answer. (laughs) Great answer.
2: (laughs) I will genuinely light your fire one more time. And please, I say, please. I say thank you <laughs> for all that you've done. Really, I, I mean this. I, I remember the first time I interviewed One Direction. It was at the Big Time Rush movie premiere. And I was working for Nickelodeon at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, that interview changed a lot for me. And I remember, I, I, I just remember from the very beginning, from that X Factor to coming here to the States. <gasps>
1: tell Louie about your uh, Big Time Rush story. <laughs> Definitely tell me about your Big Time Rush story. We'll swap.
0: Yep. <laughs> I don't have one. I wish I had one. You're liar i know you have a ton that'll be some (laughs) okay so i
2: worked for nickelodeon for a couple years and big time Rush is obviously their thing and you guys humbly and kindly did charity work by going to their movie premiere (laughs) which by the way was like grossly all beatles uk related which was like both offensive Mm, and totally missed the mark of their own yeah you're right and it's offensive yeah so (laughs) and then the next day they had the Radio City Music Hall show and I'll remember it forever because Al Roker is uh, the Today Show weatherman and one of my heroes forever and me me and my sister were sitting right next to Al and his kid and then to the left was David Duchovny and his family and you guys owned Radio City Music Hall and the second your show ended it was like somebody pulled the fire alarm and people just ran out the exits and I swear to you dude I felt like it was me, my sister, Al Roker, oh, and maybe shit. eleven other people in Radio City Music
0: Hall watching big Called time Rush parents. jump around. Yeah. It was wild. Um, yeah, um that was actually the story i was gonna share with you quick <laughs> Um yeah, no, honestly. Um to having Honestly it was no, honestly, like I don't wanna be tight, like I don't I don't wanna be harsh, it's not fair. Like but um I felt bad for them. They were and 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 they they made it pretty apparent to us at the time that they were aware that you know that kind of thing was happening and people <laughs> were leaving in that by the way, you um, look out
2: to the crowd, you see
0: nobody. Uh, yeah, I mean, we were gone. We were on tour bus. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm not going to lie. I, I, yeah, we felt pretty guilty on that tour. Because they were, honestly, proper sweet lads. Yeah, unless v- you're going to tell me Oh, no, no, no. Very, really nice people. Mm, mm. Um, I so you've just enticed me to check some shit about some really nice people. Yeah, <laughs> first, this is going great. Wait, it? first of all, <laughs> I'm the one who talked the mountains of shit yeah okay cool just as long as everyone's aware of that
2: (laughs) (laughs) i slander the name of big time rush and i know people are going to destroy me for it because you know i'm very lucky i've been making radio for a while Mm. and they would come on the show many 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 times Uh, i was gonna say when they didn't need to but they definitely needed to um
0: (laughs) i owe them a lot Mm. you know i really it really sounds like you do yeah (laughs) no Jesus, you know what? I hope you don't owe me a lot.
2: (laughs) No, I am genuinely appreciative for what you've done for music and what you've done. Thank you, mate. Thank you. Really, your music has really changed the way I view pop music. No, I appreciate
0: that man. That's massive.
2: You're one of the few artists in the the original group that I believe kind of ushered in this level of authenticity that the digital era demanded from people, Mm -hmm. and you and people like Ariana Grande and a couple other people really showed to me what it meant to be authentic mm-hmm. and 100% who you are from stage to Twitter to meeting somebody uh, on the street. Mm. You were just, you guys were always the same type of person. Yeah, yeah. And that was rare. And I think it, that existed and it came off an era of like this... Two different artists, you know what I mean? Like, they they're manufactured, just, manufactured, yeah, yes. twister, yeah, yeah, totally. Like, mm. just this is the person, pour them into a mold and see where they go. Print
0: out pop stars, they were, yeah, yeah.
2: And then you guys came along, and it was just something totally different. And to your point, like, you filming that music video in your hometown, One Direction has done so much for you, but know something, I think it's the, the group has done a lot for other people because it made it feel like that type of thing was obtainable for everybody else. Mm, mm. Like if five normal dudes from a host of different cities all across the UK could come together or I know Niall's from Ireland, whatever. This, he's part of the United Kingdom, right? Yeah. Sorry. I, I'm no. A, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I should know that. A, I, to be fair, I got an F in geography, so. I was freaking out. <laughs> yeah, and I'm yeah. the American here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll be in trouble for that. Nah, they'll be for you man. but, it, but it was how just... many f-ing times have i told you Tom? <laughs> <laughs> that was really good but, sorry go on nobody pick just... me up some more please
2: <laughs> it's just cool to see five normal guys because in that moment you guys prove to anybody and everybody out there that it's obtainable for them too and if they work hard enough and they go for it and they follow their gut and if they're hit with an opportunity and they're thinking twice about it go for it because you don't know where it could lead
0: yeah man that, i mean yeah definitely that means a lot you're saying that well that was the intention definitely
1: and I see you have a writing credit on Diana. That has to be one of my favorite songs.
0: Oh, it's a banger. Yeah, yeah it used really to go oh, yeah. down nicely live as well. Yeah. Yeah, I love that tune. It love sucks. that tune. Are you, anything else you want to go to is a uh, record? You want to end on a better note than last time? <laughs> 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 I just need to keep this guy. <laughs> mm. Okay, we're done. Right.
2: Louis <laughs> <And laughs> Tomlinson, everybody. Thank you.
1: Oh, Thank man. you. This podcast is part of the Zach Sang Show Podcast Network.